What up, everybody? I want to say thank you for listening to this brand new episode of the No Rhyme or Reason podcast. We appreciate every single one of you for tuning in to our show. But there's a small problem. We need you to subscribe on your device, whatever it may be, whether you're checking us out on YouTube, whether you're checking us out on Facebook, no matter where you hear this, subscribe or follow the podcast so you can be alerted as to when we create a new episode for you. We've even added a link down in the description for you where you can just by one click subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Just in case you miss it, you got something going on, you're busy, we ask you to subscribe to the No Rhyme or Reason podcast. Enjoy the show. Yo, 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 you are now tuned in to the No Rhyme or Reason podcast presented to you by On The Map Music Group featuring Icarus Gray and I'm your homeboy Wordplay TJ. We deliver to you a dope conversation where we talk about everything for no reason at all. Tune in every Monday to join in on the conversation. And without any further delay, this is the No Rhyme or Reason podcast. And we're live. Yeah. What's up, people? It's your boy Icarus Gray. And it's your homeboy Wordplay TJ. And this right here is Wakanda Forever. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) This right here is the No Rhyme Reason podcast where we talk about everything. Everything for no reason at all. Um, I'm excited about this. This is a crazy special episode. Um, If you're going to be joining us live or if you're joining us live right now, we are uh, hanging out on Facebook Live, but we're doing this uh, live event, this conversation about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And um, we wanted to have this conversation. It's going to be full of spoilers. So if you want to tune away from this, now's the time to do it. Um, but uh, we both saw the movie, so we want to kind of digest what we saw, talk about it, mm-hmm. have a conversation with you, and then see if we can come to some, I don't care what kind of uh, conclusions we can come to, but we're definitely having a positive, positive conversation. Um, we're not going to talk about all the speculation and all the issues within the community. We're not worried about that. We're talking about the movie. We're talking about what happened. We're talking about how it impacted us and all the excitement around it. So I'm really right. pumped to have this conversation. And so we don't get like too off the rails because, as you know, we we go like to go on tangents. We kind of ordered it out. So we're yeah. going to start with our general impressions of the movie, like what we kind of thought about it, um, like what we were feeling kind of things. And then we're going to get into like favorite scenes and all that other stuff. Um, and then we'll get into the themes and, and characters, but you see, we'll start from the overall and then just get more specific. So, uh, you want to start with, with how you felt about it or, or should I just, yeah, go let, ahead. Let it cause, rip. cause I, I definitely want you to spark some of my, my thoughts. So this is how I felt. So the whole week come coming up to the movie, um, that was like this air that was just surreal for me um as a as a as a nerd black nerd whatever you want to call me there's not too many opportunities where in in my wheelhouse that isn't that i don't have to get from somewhere else um there's not too many times where it's not something where it's like it's kind of like how black are you where it's like some black person teaching a nerd or a nerd how to be more black kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. Like this was not that. Like this was it's just pure nerddom. And I can I can feel all of that. So the whole week I'm excited. Uh it's the first time I didn't like go on opening night because we had already done some pre-ordering tickets and, and stuff like that. So I was also trying not to get stuff spoiled for me. Um before I went in, so I wouldn't have any any skewed viewpoints. Yeah. So as the day comes, the entire day, like I've never wanted to leave work quicker. 
<laughs> like, you like I have never peace. All right, like peace. Like, like the whole week, no I conversation. Already just straight up out, none. slid like up the whole week. I, like I'm locking the doors. Like y'all need to be gone. Um, I'm 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 already Wakanda forever the entire week, dapping people up and and, and everything. And so I get to the movie. I sit down and I cannot stop shaking. Like not like in a like a, a, a bad way, but in a the excitement is, is is boiling over at an all-time high for me. Um and I don't necessarily I didn't necessarily know what to do with that because I'm sitting there and I'm like, my goodness, this is for real, this is this is really happening. I'm really hearing this movie. Um, it's really going down. This is what I've been waiting for for a long time. And given every review, every comment that that I'd heard about the movie prior to going to see it, there was nothing in me that felt like this movie had any any possibility of letting me down. So go through the whole movie or whatever and at no point was I able to take my eyes off the screen my 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 nerve brain is 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 going 12 million percent of catching everything that I can uh admiring every single character uh their development all of it like I'm just just boiling over with with anticipation for this movie and the only thing that upset me, <laughs> as I told you earlier this week, was how good Angela Bassett looked as Storm. And I know she wasn't Storm. She was uh, Ramonda <laughs> is, is her name. But she looked like Storm. All you can see is Storm. Yeah. All I can see was Storm. Uh, but just all in all, man, it was just the dreams of a nerd coming true, you know, like it, it, the, 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 the fantasies and, and, and fan fiction and all the things that I create in my head when watching other mediums that, that aren't this for us. So then it was, it was just amazing. Like I, ah, in terms of general impressions, nothing else to say, but I was overwhelmed with excitement. So, um, on first first impressions, um, there wasn't a um, kind of boiling over of excitement, or there wasn't a uh, anticipation about the about the film. Um, I felt it was uh, going to be important, right? I knew how impactful it it was it it was supposed to be to people leading up to it, um, but. Um, I didn't feel any uh, anticipation, and that just could be just me in general. Um, I'm just uh, sort of ready to see the work, right? And um, so we go, and I'm watching the the project unfold, and the first thing I notice is that it doesn't bring you into a whole lot of credits and information about people behind the scenes you know what I mean usually usually a movie opens and there's a lot of words on the screen there's a lot of details on the screen and there's a lot of information well not here um here there was instant drop you into the story right and Mm -hmm. um that pulled me in right it it had its effect on me because it it took me and said hey you gotta sit down now you can't miss any of this there's no bathroom break there's no (laughs) there's no you know going to get popcorn if you if you're coming into the theater this is what you're here to see and this is what you're here to unfold and so um it's a presentation of a story that um, is being told from 
the old perspective and a new perspective. And so after I leave the theater and I, I absorb everything I see, the first thing that I want to, I want to kind of do is, um, unpack it all. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't want to get into a, a scenario where I'm unpacking it as a um, socially, socially conscious sort of situation. And I don't want to unpack it as a um, as a um, kind of movie goer. Right. I want to unpack it uh, from the from the viewpoint of an artist. Right. I want to see right. how special this is artistically, right? Can I go and be inspired to do something musically because I feel this sense of pride now? Can I do something artistically because I feel this sense of pride now? How am I as a person to utilize my own... um my own confidence or my, mm-hmm. my, um, my reinforced confidence from watching this movie. Right. That's what I, that's yeah. what I want to experience. What, what, that's what I did experience is a newfound confidence, uh, to mm-hmm. be as artistic as I possibly can be and make sure I make an impact with my work. Right. Um, I definitely felt that too. So, as we transition to like, what were some of the scenes or some of your favorite scenes that gave you a sense of awe or anything like that? Um, I'll talk about the scenes that are more general because we can get mm-hmm. really specific if we, if we want to, but, um, I, I think, um, getting specific requires us to go down, um, a different, a different rabbit hole. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think in general seeing, um, the first scene that pops up is when, uh, Killmonger's, uh, character. So Eric Stevens, uh, played by Michael B. Jordan is in this museum and he's having the interaction with the lady that has, is there to uh, she may have curated the the entire project but um she was definitely there to uh serve as an informational base for this for this um this uh what is it this the museum well yeah the museum or but exhibit, the specific exhibit, exhibit yes exhibit um, so, yeah, she was supposed to be an informational piece for this exhibit. And so this mimics our um, our society is that a lot of our exhibits, a lot of our information is being told from this perspective of a person that has been given the information from people that have taken the information. Right. So all of our knowledge, all of our information, which me as a as an educator comes out and I say, well, maybe we should challenge some of this information. Um, When the information is given to us, we can't always take it as, we have to take it with a grain of salt, right? We have to always evaluate the information. And so that exchange between um, Eric and this, this lady is an exchange that happens very, very often in um, in our conversations with with white folks, and that's just something I experience in my day to day life. That's something I've always experienced: is someone trying to explain something to me from their basis of knowledge of it, but not really giving me the history of the cultures that they got the information from. They're not getting firsthand accounts. They're getting secondhand accounts and then passing that secondhand information to me. So that, that scene was powerful. Right. And you experienced a lot on that, even with the trip where you took the kids through the South. Right. To, right. For them to experience racism. So that I know that that scene played a lot of a parallel 
reality and, and fiction uh, yeah. lines for you. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know the story, but if, if anybody's been listening to this podcast long enough, then know that um, I took a group of students here from Washington State back to the South uh, with another teacher friend of mine. And uh, they experienced what what we we would call is bursting their bubble. Right. So they experienced what the history has been told as in the South from a perspective of people that didn't get the information from the firsthand account. And we seen it happening in 2017, which is, is, you know, surprising to say the least, um, but not, not overwhelmingly surprising to me. But uh, the other scene that really stuck out to me and I'll, I'll leave it at, at, at this one so I can be concise is the scene where um, um, T'Challa uh, was speaking with T'Chaka in the um, what, what do they call that realm? But uh, the it's the uh, oh good god we don't have to know um, but like it, it's, it's, it's head, the it, realm it's, it's the realm of the ancients or something like that but it's something similar to like I'm yeah it, I'm gonna lose it but it's like it's not a huge the astral plane he was on the astral plane the astral plane so yeah he's speaking to T'Chaka in the astral plane and um and T'Chaka says to T'Chilla stand up you're a king and that one phrase is forever going to stick out to me. And that one phrase is forever going to stand with me because it reminds me that when I'm out here in the world, I need to stand up because my blood, my ancestry is from the history of, of Kings. Right. And we discussed that. And what's funny is I guess I'll transition that to my, the opposite end is when, uh, Killmonger went to the same place, yeah. But he to talk to his father, and that hit me in a lot of different ways. Is one of my favorite scenes because uh, the ancestral the the ancestral realm. Thank you, ancestral Brian. realm. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Um, it hit me in a lot of different ways because of the impact it showed of the absence of, of black fathers in that scene. And it was very poignant. It was very to the point. And the, the chilling line is, uh, you know, no tears for me, <laughs> you know. And that was when I'm sitting there and I'm just like, it's such a difficult thing. And you kind of get this this full view of, of kind of that, that father-son relationship in two different ways. You yeah. have one in yours that started off as, you know, I revere you. You, you were a good man. You did great things. Your mindset was this, like, how can I live up to you versus, you know, like we have a connection and I'm kind of, you know, I'm doing this for you, but I'm also doing it for the things that I kind of want out of life. So that was uh, one, of, one of my first favorite scenes. And then my second favorite scene is the, uh, when he fights in Buku um, in the beginning and early parts of the film to, gain the throne of Black Panther uh, through the ritual and, and see if anybody has any sort of uh, like wedding vows. That, you know, if anyone shall speak against this, let them yeah. speak now for about their peace. Yeah. And Buku was like, I ain't gonna hold my peace. Let's, let's do this. The setup of the foundation for Wakandan traditions that everyone respected that no matter how technologically advanced we are, these are still the rules that we go through because of what this means. And it, it just, it, it kind of gave this grand scale as you see all of these different tribes up on this cliff face, whereas waterfall is, is, is running down. You see them all bouncing a little bit like this. And they, they're all like, you know, African, like everything about it felt honest. Like it didn't feel like violence. It yeah. didn't feel like it, it. It all felt purpose driven. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's it's but a ritual, it right? You know, 
And um, it needed to feel that way. It didn't need to feel senseless, right? It's not like it's not like you're being, you know, um, you know, fought in to to gang or something like that, right? It's it's something right. a little bit different. It's it's sort of fighting for your territory, right? It's it's um, it's ancestral in the in the connection to the very earth that we came from, right? right. Because those are the rituals of the, the animals. And it was, oh, oh, that small detail was another part that I enjoyed mm-hmm. the freaking most is their masks. So, yeah. you know, they had the, the, the white ape, uh, the, the great ape masks for them, or probably like so bad gorilla, but anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, T'Challa had, I did not. I did not. Mbaku. Um, you got to click with it. <laughs> and then, That's what um, you miss. You know, T'Challa had the, you know, the panther mask, whatever, the leathered panther mask at that point in time. And it just felt all, it, like I said, it just, it gave you this inspiration of, you know, crests. And it, the, I think it, I liken it to, uh, medieval medieval times in terms of like you know the crests of your family and stuff like that like they yeah. had these masks the animals that represented each of their tribes and yeah I would I mean I I, I presume that Wakabe uh, his uh, you know his uh, tribal tattoos must be a rhino or something but Maybe, either way yeah, I, would, yeah. I would have loved to to have seen the, the rest of but there I, well I think about it and. Um, it really makes me want to know more about my personal history. It definitely makes me want to know about the continent's history. And um, that thirst for knowledge is, is very strong with me, right. especially now. Um, Since we did the uh, breakdown of like our favorite scenes to just kind of go into it, now we can kind of, hone it in a little bit more and kind of talk mm-hmm. about characters that that meant a little bit to us um and then we'll go to you know the overall impact of all of this and be able to get more specific specific how we often do yeah um so uh i would i would like you to go first because i mean okay. you're obviously um, um more so along the lines of the comic book right. reader Right, so you're gonna know mm-hmm. the characters a little bit more intimately than I am. Um, my favorite characters through the or two people in in movies pretty much. Or maybe I'll go three, but it's T'Challa, Shuri, his sister, and um, Akia or Nakia, Nakia, excuse me, uh, Akia, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nakia. Um, for three huge reasons for me. Um, one because. In this part, you see T'Challa not once, other than when he was, you know, in the ancestral realm, did I feel like he was lost about what he wanted to do. Like, even though he was kind of learning and he didn't feel like he deserved it, I still didn't feel like he was lost. I just felt like he needed that encouraging push and that he still stood for what he wanted to stand for. Uh, Shuri on the other end represented everything that I think that we are now in as as millennials and stuff and how we think and how we want things to be easier and faster and and we give we don't give tradition a complete and utter middle finger but we don't cling so close to it that we're not allowed to evolve further beyond the things that gave us foundation and then when Nakia that's the general spirit of servants or, or service, I should say. And that I see in a, in a lot of different people in actual life. I see that in my mother. I see that in, you know, the people, I mean, church, I see that in you in the way that you go about um, reaching out to children in the way you help people, even if it doesn't seem like you should. You know, even when the odds seem stacked, even in situations where the organizations that you're trying to have help you don't seem to want to and should. So these three characters 
especially Nakia, um, because she says at the beginning how the movie's going to end because she's already there. Like, she's already there and still shows reverence for the foundation and things of where she comes from. Like, yeah. it was just th- those three are my favorite. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. Um. So I think there's a there's a a few things that I that I relate to, um. And I'll start from the the bottom to the top. So, um, Shuri is very important to me because I I really believe in black girls being into tech. Um. And the reason why I, I believe in that is because often in our community, we sort of shun being smart. We shun being intelligent. We shun women being intelligent. And um, seeing a black female make all this technology be totally independent in her operation um, and sort of take the charge and lead um, her entire operation where other people feel less confident. She's extremely confident. And so um, Shuri is, is, is very important to how I, uh, I enjoy seeing the, seeing the roles unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, I relate a little bit to, to Martin Freeman's character, Everett, K. Ross, because um, the Air Force thing. So that's <laughs> that's that's why I leave that. Yeah, like, you I know what I mean? That. That's just a, a a very light one. And then um, I, I definitely I definitely um, relate to Chadwick's character T'Challa, and that's just having to press that that leadership role, right? right. Having to take the reins and do the things that sometimes are really difficult to do, but you have to do in order to kind of propel things forward. And um, leadership is not necessarily self-sacrificing, but it is something that requires a lot of, um, it it takes a different mindset to take on a lot of responsibility. Right. Um, And, yeah, I, I did enjoy, uh, as Brian is saying in the comments, uh, how Killmonger brought Oakland with him to Wakanda. Yeah, but and yeah, it needed. Yeah. Initially, like I was confused when I would hear him talking before I saw the, you know, when I seen your trailers and stuff. I was like, why well, is he the only one without an African accent? And of course, it was instantly explained within, of course, <laughs> you know, the first half of the movie. Um, but yeah, so those are our favorite characters and stuff. We talked about our impressions. And now we get into breaking down this movie in an overall sense. And this is the part where, if you've been listening before, I mean, there's technically not any spoilers that we've really done up until this point. But from here on out, I'm just going spoilers deep. <laughs> what? That's what Nothing. she said. Um, Facts. Um, but (laughs) I'm going full on with the spoilers here because at this point these are overall things that themes and stuff that like really really stuck out to me so the overall theme of that I've talked about a million times on this podcast is two ways of solving a problem and trying to figure that out we talked about equality here almost every episode because we're always speaking for our people on this podcast in the way that we in the ways that we can. So when the movie tackles basically how do we deal with racism and oppression and systematic racism and all of these things when we already have the power. Now, me and you have said this millions of times that we already have the power currently. It's whether or not we want to use it and, and, and are going to use it for the ways that we need to use it. I've asked, what do we want equality for? If not to make everything better for everyone, or do we want it to oppress other people? And those are the two juxtaposing forces 
in this movie is I've been oppressed. I've seen oppression. Now I don't want that. Now I'm going to make my people stand up above those that have oppressed us versus I do understand what you're saying, but that's not the way that we should do about it because then we're no better than those that oppressed us. And you just pit that together and you make it beautiful. You make uh, an antagonist, not a villain in the sense that is understandable. Even even though he's extreme, and, and Kendrick pointed this out to me earlier today because I was sitting there like, you know, I, I don't begrudge Eric for how he felt. I don't yeah. begrudge him for that. But then he was saying like, yeah, but he was already to the extremes. Like, I mean, he was living. That, he had an extreme life. Yeah, when he yeah. shot his girlfriend or his, the girl he was boning or whatever to get access to the <laughs> to the museum, I should say, like without a like he, I already knew the look on his like the looks on his face when you would just know like. Oh, I feel sorry for you, cat. Like I already know it's finna go left. And he was just like, "Bow!" Like headshot. Like I'm finna get you, dog. Like yeah. you can hide behind her if you want to. I don't know what you thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's one. Of, that's one of those. That's one of those themes. Do you have any other any other themes that you can think of? Um, it was that theme. The other theme was like I said, pride of your nation. So mm-hmm. at no point was uh. Um, Wakabe or let me look up her name real quick so I don't say it wrong. Um, no, 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 no. As I vamp, looking for names. Okoye, uh, the, the his general, like neither of them were wrong for what they were doing because they were still serving the throne. Wakabe chose to do it because you know what happened to his parents but at that point in moment you know Killmonger was king yeah um and the sense of duty to your nation like that's standing up for what it is that you believe in that's saying like look I may grow up and grow out of the hood but I still have reverence for that which I came from. I still have everything that makes me me from there. And I will not forsake that even growing forward because there are some things that, look, I know how I feel, but the greater purpose of this is to to have some form of order because as she said, like, I mean, if we throw him over and say, forget all of these rituals that we built for, for forever, then what happens the next time somebody doesn't like this or somebody doesn't like that, then we just repeat a cyclical cycle of that. So that was two things. The third thing is, as you were saying, standing up and being a king and walking as such and understanding that that's not always going to be easy. That's not always going to be what you want to do. That's not always going to be something that you can even see the steps in front of you, but you have to continue walking. And then the ultimate theme, or one of the ultimate themes of, we do not have to carry the foundations that were set for us in the way that they did. Because as you saw, there were good intentions in everything that T'Chaka was trying to do. Yeah. But ultimately, it did not allow itself to evolve. It did not allow itself to grow. And you have to stand up and say, look, you were wrong. And I'm not going to do it that way. And I think that's that's the youth speaking up to what sometimes we revere as the only way, like people just pick sides and and don't seem to stand for themselves. And when he did that, that was, that was monumentous for me. Yeah. Just so, so now that you've stolen all the themes, um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to scrape from the bottom of the barrel and <laughs> try to pull one out. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
man. I'm just messing with you. But um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. So uh, a, a very important theme of um, the movie and the the um, the creators of the movie in this mm-hmm. fruition mm-hmm. was that um, us as a people have to take accountability for our own future. We're not going to be given any sort of roadmap. We're not going to be given any sort of handouts. We're not going to be given any sort of leeway. So even if the quote unquote white man is holding us back, that cannot no longer be an excuse for us not to take our own future into our hands. Right. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason is because now we have people like um, we have people like Ryan Coogler. We have all the casts, right? We have examples of everything that sort of we want to see, right? There's black people in tech. There's black people in business. There's black people in in entertainment. Definitely. There's black people in sports. No matter what field you look at, there's always somebody that you can point to that says, okay, there's an example I want to be like, and you can no longer um, say, woe is me. They won't let me do it. Right. Um, and, and that's a, that's a very important thing that I took away from, from here. And Ryan says it best in a, in an interview with Sway. Um, he sat down with Sway in the morning and, he told he told them after he was asked the question, uh, what do you expect Hollywood is going to do? And he used the analogy of football. And he said, right now, um, you know, he was like, when I was playing the game, they used to they would lob the football to me. And every time I thought about what I was going to do after I catch the football, I would drop the pass. Every time is an incomplete or a fumble. And so he was like, this time around, whatever I'm doing, whatever project I'm on, I want to focus on the past, not what's going to happen after I catch the ball, not what's going to happen um, when I'm in the end zone. I want to focus on catching the pass. And then what I want to do is be available to catch another one, right? So if I catch this one and I focus hopefully on that and I'm present for that, I can catch another one and I can catch another one and I can catch another one, right? So that's an example for us to look at our own inspiration and our own projects, There are people out here that are watching me right now, that are listening to me right now, that are holding off on things that they want to do in their life. And they're doing it only because they feel like somebody has told them they can't do it. Stop dropping the pass. Catch it and run. I'm done. This podcast is over, son. Stand up. Stand up. up. You are a king. No, but like, Here's the, the the big purpose or why I'm so excited as a nerd and everything. Like yes, yeah, yeah, definitely doesn't happen in this way. Like it still had everything that everybody from everywhere needed without being fake, and it by all accounts can be quote unquote fake. You know, it's fictional, but the themes, the legacy that this movie leaves is real. You now, for everyone who says this movie is, is fiction, you need to go watch Birth of a Nation and all this other stuff. Listen, growing up as a child, when you got toys and all of this other stuff, you can hand me five or six superheroes or whatever it is that I'm watching on TV, Puppy Patrol, all this other stuff. 
nine times out of ten, you when we go to Walmart and do all this searching and, and everything else, it's always hard to find something that you want to give your kid. You're sitting there like, ah, I want to like because the reasoning is you want their imagery to match them. You want them to understand and and have a sense of self. So now that we have these toys and stuff, and you've seen different uh, uh, little boys and little girls with with, with T'Challa and playing with it and saying, I want to be him. Like, and you can... They told a story in one interview um, that said that... um, uh, Kevin Feige, um, his daughter, came to, mm-hmm. um, I, I could be butchering this, but uh, there, there was a person that was working on, on, on the movie, and a daughter came to the, to the, um, to the set or, or to the studio and was like, I want to cut my hair off like uh, Denia's character. And, you know, I want to be like that. And this is a, you know, a blonde head white girl. Right. So this is right. This is this is the, oh. the the power of that influence. Right. I straight forgot because I don't want this to be understated theme. The strength of black women was also a huge theme of this movie. Don't of course. I, of I course. apologize for not mentioning that theme earlier. Because good God, man! Well, I like, thought no. I thought that's what the the point you were making when you talked about um, the characters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, but I wanted to definitely mention one of the bigger themes because that was a uh, a lovely thing throughout. That's something that I see so often in my life. I have millions of strong uh, feminine uh, female influences in my life. Shout out to my sister uh, Shantae. In the, in the in the in the chat, if she's still here and watching, uh, you know, to my mom, my sister, so on and so forth, and that was beautiful. Like never once in there were you like, oh my god, someone needs to be saved. Like right, right? like you know what I mean. There was you watch any movie and you're like, it's the it's the secretary chick with the with the with the glasses. You yeah. know what I mean? And then she takes the glasses off, and now she's attracted to the main character. Right. There's none of that. None of that. No, none of these like, women need saved. And um, yeah. it's perfect. It's perfect. It, it wasn't like Nakia had been away so long that she, like, forgot how to... No, she out here fighting. And, like, listen, man, you might be about to be a king now, <laughs> but I've been out here in these fields, man. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and also a very understated thing is Killmonger and what he was so he wasn't no dumb thug that just decided hey this is what i want to do they kept his and the wakandan upbringing still even without him being in wakanda intact he went to mit you know he did so many tours on duty so he was well versed in, in in martial arts he was incredibly intelligent like everyone was. I mean, that's the general way they do Wakanda, uh, Wakanda in general. Like they send you off to school and all these different places because of the technologies and stuff that they have. So it wasn't even an odd thing to, to see this. Uh, Shuri, as we were mentioning earlier, something that I want to add on to another one of your points. Nobody ever came in like this young girl. I don't know what she's doing or why she wants to do yeah. it. Yeah, like, yeah. None of that. Well, has there. she been in anything else? I don't know her history as an actress or act, actor, rather. Um, so I don't know if she has a a, a, a detailed background as far as um, what she was, what she's uh, working on. But regardless mm-hmm. of the fact, like she's like she's she's Tony Stark, right? That's yeah, who she well, is, essentially. <laughs> She's even better, <laughs> to be quite honest. Because if you even break down the Marvel intelligence scale, like even under the numbers, like if people wanted to to to, to argue about this, the top three people in terms of intelligence in the Marvel universe, and, and maybe four, is Franklin Richards, which is Mister Fantastic, Doctor Doom, 
uh, they sometimes throw Valeria Richards up there, and then it's T'Challa. Like then after all of that, it's like people like Tony Stark and and Bruce Banner and Peter Parker and stuff. So even in the Marvel universe, there is strong like the intelligence factor of what Wakanda is. Like no one there doesn't have a certain level of education. Every single member of the um, the war, the, the war guard or, or the guards, I should say, know every form of martial arts, are trained to kill, are trained to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. This, the reverence for each and every African culture that was represented in the movie was amazing. Like, because none of it felt like I said, sometimes I think you can see movies where it feels like people are kind of reaching for yeah. ancestry. Yeah. Um, and I think the uh, the costume designer, her name is Ruth, and I can't think of her last name right now, but it's, she's been doing the, the interview runs about where she got all of her designs and how she took so many different things from this tribe to, to this tribe and made sure that a lot of the tribes in Africa were well represented everything about it and we never oh and we only left wakanda twice technically yeah. yeah like it was still within its own realm like even the importance of everett ross yeah was well, just an ancillary thing um had you put on your 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 mind to talk about the soundtrack a little bit um, I hadn't been able to finish listening to it though, so I'm, I'm gonna. That, that, well, that's I'm not talking about the the audio sound. I'm talking about the sound in the in the oh, film. God, right. man, another right? Because if you if if you're listening, so <sighs> the the main um, the lead for the score um, is the same gentleman that did uh, Childish Gambino's. Um, what's this? The last track. Uh, Awaken my love or. Uh, not uh, well. He was probably part of the whole, uh, the full album, but um, the single. Redbone or me? Redbone. Yes. Redbone. So he's definitely the producer on Redbone. Um. So what he did was took elements from Africa, right? The mm-hmm. the the. the uh, it, I think it's the 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 whole like the the. <laughs> Yeah, the whole like kind of running <laughs> sound, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and then you know, every once in a while, you'll hear T'Challa, T'Challa, right? So yeah. that whole thing resonates throughout the whole entire sound bed for the it did. So every like, time he every time he gets ready to fight, it fades back in, and then as a scene is ending, it's like T'Challa. The child, you know, it's it, it, it's that, yeah. it's that whole thing, and then that same theme was used later on in the soundtrack, which is mm-hmm. you know kind of embodied in the, in the, in credits and everything. And so, the audio production is uh, definitely phenomenal on this uh, on this album. And don't get don't get it twisted, this white guy did did service to some african music and he said it right. uh, it opened up his eyes and i, I i'm sorry that i forget his name but his name is really hard to it's pronounce ludwig. Ludwig. ludwig yes ludwig. yes it's ludwig <laughs> that's first your first name, name and right. i can say that ludwig <laughs> right right but he said it, it was an eye opener for her, for him to understand the origins of of human anthropology and the music that has inspired the all of the world um and uh and to understand how to use this music in other production styles that that he's done so his work on redbone has really really uh come full circle and it served him well because it 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 definitely led him to the right project right and every and that's the other uh, most amazing thing about black panther is everything played into everything like you don't so often have that in this type of movie like you'll have especially like with the marvel universe even given the movies that they've done in the mcu 
like sometimes it's kind of you know it's built on a theme of they're building up to something but this was just like it's self-contained and while it's still in this universe and while it is at the end of the movie building to you know the the bigger things that are coming everything was just laid in front of us in a Mm -hmm. way that you felt connected through the entire movie the impact of this movie is widespread in the form of whole classrooms going to see the movie in the form of creatives such as ourselves and others that I know are going to do amazing things that are going to heed your, your call to action. And they're going to get up and create new characters. If Marvel is smart, (laughs) as I've said before, this is the time where you either open up and ask for stories, storyboards, character building, like you can build some huge characters, black uh, characters. That's just well. When you mentioned that, when you mentioned that to me, um, and we, you know, we obviously had a private conversation about this. But when you mentioned yeah. that to me, uh, within the interviews, it's um, it's on par that that Marvel is already on it. Um, yeah. So Marvel, Marvel already has programs intact. They already have academies intact um, mm-hmm. to teach young people and to uh, ne- nurture young uh, products uh, that are being developed by creators out there. So they're on the ball. Because like right now, the, the things that are going to come from this movie, we might not see for 20 to 30 years. We may see next year. We may see in five years. But the huge impact that a lot of people are mad, it's for whatever reason, is there is going to change a lot of different things. Because if you change, if you get this landscape to us, because there are a lot of us who the biggest fight in life sometimes is staying true to yourself. So we've said a lot of times it's hard to get somewhere in terms of success and feel it's okay to give back in a certain way because you get there and you just detach yourself from it because you don't feel like you're that anymore and so on and so forth. And it's like, man, what you got too good for me and all that kind of stuff, right? But with this, to me, because it speaks to a generation and and, and to kids like you and I, whereas, you know, watching a belly or, or paid in full might not have done all of the inspirational things that we wanted other than just say, well, hey, I no, I don't want to deal drugs and, and yeah it just know. reminds me of the life that's already there and um I, I don't know if i wanted a constant reminder of it you know you know like there's only so much pain and suffering that i could ever watch that would somehow make me feel like i don't want it sometimes mm-hmm. i do want to be inspired in a way that just feels good yeah that's so- some of our greatest social change uh, kind of starts with the arts and the entertainment, right? right. We, uh, us creative folks tend to lead that charge. Um, right. And it could just be the, the level of empathy we have. It could just be the openness that we have and the progressiveness that we have. But mm-hmm. uh, we tend to lead the charge and we tend to change attitudes about uh, certain aspects um, because we're able to show people um, in a very concise and concrete way that uh, things can change and things should right. change based off of um, certain misconceptions that need to be torn down. Yeah, here's how everything plays into one another. So you have the entertainment industry where rappers want to be uh, basketball players, you know, and vice versa. Hip hop was built, you know, on the four on the four fundamentals of, of what hip hop is. And those are four completely different things that contain art, dance, you know, spoken word and, and, and DJing and breaking and so on and so forth. And you see these things like you see in football when they score touchdowns, how they want to dance and celebrate and stuff. You see, you know, athletes want to rap. You see 
all of these different things to where they're all connected. So therefore, in this movie, you get so many different things. You get the entertainment, you get the dance, you get the music, you get, you know, the, the rap that's inherently there, you know, all the stars and in, in, in Kendrick Lamar's influence. Um, but you get this wide reaching, um, just good feeling. Right. I like how um, on the on the like the Wakanda side, there was very traditional music, very um, uh, tribal music. And then on the um, the Killmonger side, there was very ratchet music and it was perfect (laughs) because, you know, I mean, those are that's the dichotomy and the the, uh, special fabric of uh, of our community. And um, I would never take take any any of that for for granted or um, would I ever want that to change about us? Right. Right. So we need a little bit of the ratchet and we need a little bit of the, 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 the the right, the righteous, as you say, uh, uh, as Charlamagne, he says the righteous and the ratchet, the yin and the yin and the yang. Yeah. Um, You need it. And it's just been so leaning towards the opposite way. Whereas this is like the first time where I think everything was, was laid out. Like Shuri in and of herself was not only a nerd, but a warrior, <laughs> but she was more nerd than warrior. And it didn't detract from who she was and, and, right. who she, and what she was because going to. She was a bright character. She was a vibrant and dynamic character. And that's, that's one thing about the characters that, that isn't really, um, that isn't really talked about. There is no non-useful characters here. No, there are, there are no characters that didn't serve a purpose on screen. Right. Right. Um, speaking of as, as, as a transition to a, a, a couple more things that I want to get in about the movie, um, the general impact of what I think we're going to see from the next installment. Um, so a couple of my pitches as a nerd are my initial pitch was for Black Panther 2 to be a Black Panther Storm movie, but I only present this if Storm gets a solo movie prior to. Um, because I don't want her introduction to come just tied to that, given the fact of how strong, uh, how many strong black female characters we had in this movie to show that give them their own movie kind of thing. Um, especially not with Storm, given whatever. Um, I cannot wait to see what they do next because I do feel like they used a lot of the Black Panther storyline, which is stuff that I was telling you about. Like they used a lot of the things like from old and new they've used. They killed the claw, which I'm sick of. I'm sick of Marvel movies doing that. Stop killing your villains. Like hashtag stop killing the villains. Um, like let somebody live to try again one damn time. Like you can kill them in the second one. It's just like okay, like I don't want to see somebody like three movies in a row, but two movies is a is a good medium. There, well, you know, we like, saw how that, we somebody. saw how that worked out for for the Sony Spider Man movies, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't too bearable, right? Well, <laughs> it's, nothing with Sony in this, especially day and age after outside of movies. PlayStation, is unbearable. Yeah. And then they just butchered the third one. But that's a conversation for another day. I won't bore you guys with that. But uh, I will say that there's a couple things that they can do uh, that I think would be amazing. So, for instance, they, in the second movie, they can also bring in Doctor Doom and therefore introduce the Fantastic Four through Black Panther, which would be amazing because Black Panther was introduced in Fantastic Four before he ended up getting his own comic later. So having this reversal role of uh, of that would be really, really cool. Um, you could have him fight Neymar, which is the equivalent of uh, Aquaman to, to, to DC, because in the DC comic, Neymar ends up like destroying Wakanda or, and something like that. And long story short, T'Challa wants to whoop his ass. <laughs> like, and, and, I believe does at some point, or at least punches the the, the 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 fuck out of him. But 
I'm excited to see what they do with it because they know that they have a duty now, given the fact that uh, you know, that black dollar is strong out here. Yeah. Strong. Yeah, and that's the that's the only thing I I'm I'm really concerned about is um um making sure that more people get opportunities and more people not only just get opportunities, but more people make opportunities <laughs> for themselves. Um you know. I'm just here so oh. I don't get fined. Right. Brian going to say in the comments, they might bring back Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm. No. Listen, <laughs> man, I, he's joking. And I know he's joking. Because if Marvel did that, like, I, I quit. <laughs> like, all the good we just got from this movie <laughs> is washed away. Right. If well, you I mean, Killmonger's not there anymore. He just kind of looks like Johnny Storm. Why? But... <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> But uh, an interesting thing, though, Killmonger was brought back multiple times on the comics from the dead. And um, oh, speaking of just some nerd facts, T'Challa is the king of the dead. And in the uh, Secret Wars story in the comic books, he uses the Infinity Gauntlet to take control of the Marvel zombie universe and basically storms on again, like I told you earlier, guys, Dr. Doom. To kick some ass because T'Challa is a G. Um, also, is there a search? Is there a such thing as a nerd fart? Because whatever that was, that just happened to my brain. Because <laughs> all, <laughs> all the things that you said, I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, yeah. Also, I gotta <laughs> say, I'm, I'm gonna blame this on Fox. I'm gonna say fuck Fox. Uh, right now, because Storm and Black Panther were married for a short amount of time uh, around Civil War, and then when Fox was being little, little you know, little bitches want to take their ball home, um, <laughs> Marvel started to take the X Men out of the forefront. So basically, Black Panther and 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 Storm end up having their marriage annulled. It's just really crappy because it was. It was beautiful, and they, they it wasn't like cheesy. They made a, a really good backstory, which, again, I want this in the movies. It's the only reason I'm mentioning any of this stuff. So if you listen and you're like, what? I didn't know that. Go and go and get the, the trades, which is a uh, a trade is a collected volume of the issues of a certain comic, <laughs> and you should go get these Black Panther <laughs> trades because they are going to be on sale in Barnes and Nobles and Barnes and Noble and places like that. And I might even, uh, I'm not even might even, I'm going to go look for certain uh, volumes uh, of comics on Am- Amazon to, to, to throw to you guys. I'm done nerding. I'm done nerding. You, 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 you. Well, actually, no, no. A little bit more nerd for you guys. Um, one more thing. One, 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 one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> one more nerd thing. Um, Man, shout out to Ta-Nehisi Coates, who was the author of, or well, not the original author, but the, he was doing the current run. As well, far as I know, of Black Panther. For pa- Black Panther, yeah. So, so it, it's an amazing thing, and and I think that if they use some of the stories that that he has uh, cultivated in terms of his, uh, well, I think that's run. that's that's definitely more likely to happen because of what Disney is currently doing with all its franchises, right? It's currently taking uh, older and existing franchises and, and saying, Hey, let's create new Canon for all of this stuff and, and move forward from where we are. So they, they haven't scrapped the Canon like they did star Wars, but um, they, they have said that they want to, they definitely want to move forward. Uh, Brian is nerding out with me in the comments by also letting you get out of here, Brian, don't condone this. Type of not activity. only, not only did we they already get annulled, like three minutes. Over. Storm, Storm then left T'Challa for Wolverine. People, <laughs> like it happened. Like it, it's just it's, and then Wolverine died. So it's like we can't win out here. Uh, <laughs> nerd stuff, but but seriously though, like I, I love talking about um all of this, man. Like. This is the first time where I feel like 
or first or second time, because I think we were talking about this a couple episodes ago about the black nerd and how it's kind of accepted to be a black nerd now. And even when this movie came out, I was kind of like, well, is it? <laughs> like, or was I being fooled? Because it's a lot of y'all seem real salty about, you know, the excitement. So, nonetheless, it is Wakanda forever <laughs> around here. And, uh, man, I, I just... That's the new handshake, by the way. If you dab me and you don't cross your arms over your chest, I, we can't be cool, man. We also can't be cool if you ain't went to, if you didn't go to the bathroom when you got home, pull down your bottom lip just to check and see. <laughs> <laughs> if you may, in fact, I just need to make sure. <laughs> I just need to know, like. I think it's going to be the most adorable thing in Stop the world. Stop making comments, Brian. Bye. Bye. We're about uh, to end the show. It's going to be the most adorable thing in the world uh, <laughs> in the fall to see, see kids dressing up as T'Challa and see how you guys figure out how to get the little the the, the, the numbers and the, bar, the Wakandan barcode <laughs> on your lips. Also, uh, thugs, stop getting tats on your lip like that. Stop it. Stop it now. Knowledge <laughs> is for understanding and not to prove others wrong. This has been the number one a reason podcast reporting live from Wakanda. I'm your boy Chris Gray. And I'm your homeboy wordplay TJ. Man, and we'll see you guys next week. Uh after uh well, hold on, excuse me. I'm messing up because I'm too excited. We'll see you week. After week, after week, never missing a beat. Peace. Peace. No Rhyme or Reason is an on-the-map music group production.